Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview show for Bournemouth away. Um, we've had a few weeks off now with the international break. I think all Redden fans will be glad for that break, obviously going into it with three consecutive defeats. We've had an update on the injuries from the manager today. It's not necessarily that positive, but we'll come on to that in a minute. I've also been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, Paul. I think you've um, kind of hit the nail on the head there. It wasn't that positive, was it? <laughs> no, no, it totally wasn't. <laughs> Let's get straight to that then. You might as well get the bad news out of the way straight away. More Mate and Ijaria sounding very unlikely that they'll be playing on Saturday. And um, probably any of the next three matches. Your initial reaction to that, Alex? It's not good. It's not good, is it? I mean, if, if, if you're missing those three players, again, even though we've had two weeks off, um, it's definitely not promising for Saturday or for the even the games next week. Whether it's just a case of Velko keeping his cards close to his chest and maybe we'll see one of them involved on Saturday, that's kind of my you know, optimistic side coming through there, hoping for the best. But if we're missing all three, uh, I can see us probably struggling a little bit on Saturday, certainly. And then, you know, having to kind of batten down the hatches and, and hope that we can pick up some points about them in the next few games. Yeah, I know. I agree. If I could pick one player out of that three that I'd want, I'd want Liam Moore back. It's, defensive. it's really tough. I think we, we had this conversation just before the international break. Um, and I, I went with Mete because I just thought we just looked so kind of lacklustre without anybody on that right-hand side. But yeah, I can see why you'd want more as well. Yeah, so we're probably going to be going into this game again. I mean, I don't think Lewis Gibson did anything horrendous in that game against, uh, well, Stoke City, just getting a flashback there. I know the last second goal, which, which was a complete mess. But leading up to that, he did okay in that match. And I think that's the kind of back four we're going. But will Estevez and Yadon both start, Alex? What do you think? If Mate's out, I could see it happening again. Uh, purely because we don't really have that many options. It doesn't seem like the team is particular, the squad has particularly uh, changed in terms of its health since the last time out. So, I mean, if I was going, you know, if I was going on the basis that Mate wasn't able to play on Saturday, yeah, I probably would start Estevez again on the right hand side uh, ahead of ahead of Yedem. Not tempted by, I know he's out of position, so I'm going to get Pelters here. <laughs> Any chance of starting Puskas in that position just because of his ex slight more experience of playing him? Estevez, I like him as a right back, but in that position going forward, he really was non existent, wasn't he, in an attacking sense? Um, obviously, he gave away, it wasn't just that, the guard. I think it's a, it's a bit of a toss up, isn't it? Really? Um... I don't know. I think I would probably prefer to see Estevez. I could see why you would play Puskas because we end up with a situation where Zhao just basically stands up front on his own, looking kind of a little bit lonely and a little bit lost otherwise when we don't have a, a like a second striker. Um, and it's not to say that you know Zhao's playing badly or out of position or anything like that, but it's just he he ends up kind of getting a bit isolated when we when we end up playing that kind of non-secondary striker um, because no one else comes up to him. Uh, no one else kind of comes up to his point on the pitch quickly enough. So 
yeah, I could see the argument to play Pushkas. Uh, I, personally, I would play Estevez, but I think it's, you know, I don't think it's going to make a huge, um, a huge difference to kind of way we play on Saturday. Yeah, because when we talk about, I talked to the Bournemouth fan yesterday, and you hear it in a minute, uh, the right-hand side is something they're really going to target with their left winger. So <laughs> just think we need to have something that's at the other end of the pitch that's going to concern them slightly. And I think Puskas is maybe slightly more than Estevez, but it's, you know, there's not much in it really, is there? Because they're both playing out of position. One thing that did come out of the press conference today from the manager was that the team need to get the balance right. And that was very, very evident in the last three matches. They couldn't quite get their defensive stability back. Uh, that's a slight understatement there, Paul. But it was a kind of a worry that there wasn't a structure that we'd seen in the previous games. Do you think we'll be able to get that back? Or do you think it was a lucky streak we had there, Alex, if, when the players are back fit? Um, I think there's a, it's probably we're going to end up somewhere in the middle, aren't we? It, it seems unlikely we're going to carry on conceding three goals a game going forwards. Uh, I mean, just looking back at those games, what we conceded three goals against Coventry, where, you know, two of them were kind of, I would say, goalkeeping mistakes. We conceded three against um, Preston and, you know, we can, one of those was in the last minute. We conceded three against Stoke and one of those was in the last minute again. So it's, I, I, I struggle to think that we're going to concede three every game at the minute, but, you know, we have conceded, what, 11 now in four games. So you, you would hope that we could maybe kind of get back to a point where if we can just limit the limit Bournemouth's chances on Saturday to one major chance, uh, we have a chance to get a point. But I would worry if we're going to, if we carry on conceding chances at the rate we were in the last three or four games, then we are going to struggle to to pick up any points in the next couple of games until Moore's back. Yeah, well, just the major worry is, is how that period of play is going to go in the next few matches. But it's Bournemouth on Saturday and kind of, that is going to be our toughest game, one of our toughest games of the season, regardless of who's fit. Um, they're obviously been in the Premier League for many years. I think I optimistically went for a two-all draw in the preview with the Bournemouth fan. But realistically, I think probably now knowing that the injuries aren't coming back, I think I've got to have to go for a Bournemouth win, unfortunately. What about you, Alice? I optimistically will go for a one-one draw. Um, Bournemouth, although they've 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 had a very good start to the season, uh, they've only lost one game against Sheffield Wednesday so far away from home, but they haven't scored that many goals. Um, I think they've they've scored one goal, they've scored in every game except one, but they've only they've only scored more than one goal three times out of what is it eleven games we've played now. So. You know, that's it's not a great strike record when you look at it. Um, so yeah, I would hope that we can kind of if we can kind of keep it tight, nick a goal, then yeah, pick up a point, and it's it all of a sudden things don't look quite as bad as they did before the international break. Nicking a goal, we've got to get that first one, haven't we? That is absolutely massive. For yeah, us. I, I did read a stat from um, another football analyst. On, on Twitter, I, I can't remember his tag off the top of my head. It's like a, analytics eighteen seventy one, I want to say, and it's something like if the if you score first, it's worth two point two points per game in the championship this season. So yeah, it's massive to score first this year. Yeah, absolutely. 
<laughs> it's like that must be unusual compared to previous seasons, surely. Yeah, it's definitely higher than it has been from 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 memory. Yeah. Wow. So another factor. So we've had our predictions now. Something that also came out the club the club are starting to push the 150th anniversary, and we can pay to have our faces, bodies, all of our Reading FC uh, persona on the side of the stadium of the Upper West. Will you be doing this, Alex? Will you be spending £150 to have an almost life-size portrait of yourself? I uh, don't think so, personally. I, I think it's a pretty cool idea. It is a cool um, idea. I like it. I like it. You know, the stadium, the stadium lacks... A lot of people have always said that the stadium lacks identity. Um, and it, it doesn't really come across as like very, you couldn't tell it's a Reading stadium without, you know, actually knowing you're in Reading. So being able to see, you know, fans and, you know, shirts and colours at least outside the stadium is, is it's a nice idea. It's not cheap, but then like, would you expect it to be? Not really. So uh, like, I've got no real complaints about it. It's just not something I would personally do. Um, so yeah, all power to people who want to do it. It's, it's the thing will make for a pretty cool gift for some people to see themselves up on the stadium for the next 25, 30 years. Um, it's a decent kind of decent way to kick off the 150 year like anniversary that we've got coming up. Got a teaser of the new badge as well today, which or potential new one-off. I know I don't know what we want to call it, but the the crest. Um, which we're going to have next season. Got a teaser of that as well, and it looks like we might be going with kind of an all gold, all gold aspect. In my head, I'm now doing Spando Ballet gold, but I won't sing. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs that. But I got to say, yeah, I think the pricing's fine. If someone's going to hand paint you, it's going to be put up there on the side of the stadium. 150 quid, and you can have a smaller one for 80. I don't think. What do you expect? These things aren't free to do. You know, the club isn't made of money and that's something that you have to pay for if you want to have it. So thank you for uh, joining me, Alex. And uh, now it's time for the Bournemouth fan. Cheers. So now it's time for a chat with a Bournemouth fan from the Back of the Net podcast. It's Tom Jordan. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Paul. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. As we were discussing before, the COVID world that we're living in is a little bit strange, especially for you. With a new manager like us, you, there's no relationship there, is there, at the moment, that you get the going to matches? Yeah, that is difficult. I mean, we're fortunate, obviously. Jason's been around for a while, so he was our assistant, um, and he played for us. He joined us about 98, I think it was. So he's you know, he's known to the, to the club in that sense, which I probably think is why we went down that road with the COVID and the quick turnaround. Probably not to mess things up too much. You know, we've he's just come straight in, knows the players and stuff like that. But yeah, like you say, it is, it is strange and both our clubs have started pretty well. So it'd be nice to be in the stadium, wouldn't it? It would be. It would be lovely. I mean, us being top of the league is a miracle. I've got to say, it's a complete miracle. So <laughs> kind of like looking at Bournemouth, they've been incredibly successful in the last five or six years in the Premier League for a big bulk of that, obviously. Kind of, where do you think it kind of unraveled for Bournemouth? Um, I'm not sure really. I mean, it was all beyond our wildest dreams, you know. I mean, to get to the Premier League, never mind to stay there for as long as we did. Um, I, I probably would have said, you know, 10 years ago, I had more chance of winning the lottery. I mean, genuinely, I don't know how we got there. Um, but Eddie was a big part of that. Um, obviously, we got a bit of financial backing that we never had, which always helps. Um, of course, we needed that. And yeah, Eddie was brilliant. We had this team spirit, this kind of unknown, which I, I guess you kind of look at maybe Sheffield United last season, um, that kind of unknown feeling. But 
I feel like it was probably, we were trying to build that second team, if you know what I mean. We'd been in there for a few seasons. And I think Eddie probably tried to make us a bit harder to beat. We were always quite good football, scored goals, but leaked too many. And I felt that Eddie thought to take us to the next level in the Premier League, we need to be harder to beat. And with doing that, we didn't get the balance right. Um, and then we weren't as free scoring. We tried to be a bit more counter-attack. And at the end of the day, when you have players like Callum Wilson that have been brilliant for us, not quite firing, um, all them things put together, we just we weren't quite right. Um, we nearly just about stayed in there. But, you know, listen, we were in there for a lot longer than we thought we would. So um, it's what it is. That must have been a dream period for you, completely being there for that long. Um, you're fourth now in the championship, 20 points from 11 games. So you've made a good start, haven't you? Yeah, I'll definitely take the start. Um, like I say, with the change of manager stuff and that expectation on you because you've just come down. Um, it's easy for that relegation as well to kind of you know, linger over you and you think, will they start? You know, it was always about starting well, which we did. Um, we, were on, we were the longest team unbeaten, which was with yourselves really for a while. Um, I almost feel weirdly it was a bit of a wake-up call though losing that one game because we were having a few draws but we were going we're still unbeaten so it was looking good and sometimes you need that wake-up call but um, yeah we've, we've done well we would have taken fourth um, it's a really good start not as impressive as yourselves but we've I mean honestly if I'm being open I don't know anything you know in terms of I don't watch Reading week in week out you were my tip for the bottom four and that was purely <laughs> because I'd heard things about financial difficulties and things like that. And I thought already oh, my struggle. Um, and obviously we brought in that Raquel mate. Um, he was training with you guys and it was almost seemed like financially was why you didn't get him. So I thought, well, if that's happening, they're going to struggle. But fair play to you. You've been brilliant. No, I think a lot of Ren fans listening to this will totally agree with your prediction there. And on the basis of what you've said mm. and the Raquel mate thing, what a strange situation. He was in our hotel for at least a week. It was <laughs> training with us. And everything. And then he's like, no, no, I'm going down the road. I'm going to go down to Bournemouth instead. How's he been for you? Because he hasn't played a lot, has he? But he did no, score. Yeah, kind of what I expected him to kind of, he has like little cameos because he is young um, and obviously not played in England and things like that and joined us a little bit later than the, the current squad. Um, but he's made, in every cameo appearance, he's, he's looked quite, quite a neat, tidy, good footballer. He's made an impact. Um, but like I say, it's been like 15 minutes here and there. But he'd come off the bench in one game and grabbed a late leveller with a really nice finish. So um, we're excited about him. And I think we'll probably see him more with the schedule getting even more hectic. Um, I don't expect him, however, to, to kind of start the weekend or anything like that. But um, I think, yeah, we're happy with him without seeing too much, I would say. He's going to score against us. I'm absolutely certain on it. You know how it works. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of inevitable, isn't it? But if you just look at, I'm looking at the kind of like possession stats, I've looked at your last couple of games, 68%, 69%. That's the kind of the Bournemouth style. I doubt it's changed much under your new manager, has it? Yeah, no, it hasn't changed an awful lot. Um, we've changed systems a little bit. We've, we've gone to a back three at times, um, which, yeah, looks a little bit different, but it's still that because it's that play from the back, you get an extra body in there. Um, and probably, Jason would probably say it's down to personnel sometimes. We've got quite a quite a good array of centre half, so he's played that three. But yeah, I think most of the time we we're good we got good footballers. So it'd be silly for us to try and be too direct or too aggressive. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty similar to what you'd expect of Bournemouth and what you've seen in the Premier League in terms of trying to play along the floor, trying to open teams up like that. We probably don't have the we where we had Callum Wilson with the pace through the middle. Dom Solanke's more of a player that would like to drop deep and connect things. But, but yeah we still still got some pacey players and neat and tidy 
technical footballers uh, try and open you up and things like that. Bob Solanke, he's a kind of like born in Reading, but he's also given a lot of hype, wasn't he? He's kind of not quite reached that point, obviously. He came to you for a massive fee. Do you think he's going to be a success in the Championship? I do. I, I fear for Don because I think, like you say, the, the transfer fee is not his fault and that is what it is. And like you say, he's, he scored goals for under-21s and really hyped. He's played for Chelsea and Liverpool at the end of the day. But what we'll say is he's been unbelievable this season and he's always been really good. The problem comes that he's a striker and he doesn't look like a natural goal scorer. He hasn't when he's come to us anyway. So even when, you know, our last game we scored three and he didn't score... And then times before we scored three, he didn't score. But he's got a load of, I think he's got our most assists. Um, and the game, the only game that we rotated him and rested him was the game we lost. The only game we lost. Um, so you definitely notice it when he's not there. But I think, unfortunately, as you'll know as a striker, you're judged on that. So people from the outside will look in and go, he ain't getting many goals. But I think you'll find if he plays like he has been playing, he will be a handful. Um, and he makes the likes of David Brooks, Dan Juma look better. Um, he just he's very unselfish but I feel like if he's going to get to that next stage he needs to be a little bit more selfish as a striker but hopefully I still think he'll, he'll get double figures for us oh yeah I think he'll do that definitely in the championship I think that's the kind of like he's definitely got the quality to do that even from seeing him on, on Sky throughout the years you feel mm. like get that just on chances alone with the ones that you'll create because I think you're going to yeah. dominate teams in the kind of like in the championship you're going to be I can't see you finishing outside the top six to be honest I think you're pretty much shoot in there. Yeah, well, I'd like to think so. I mean, um, yeah, it's a difficult one. I think at the start of the season with losing the manager, I'd have probably take, I'd have taken sick if I'd have said, if we can get in the playoffs, that's really good. But the way we've started and whether I think the league is as strong as it has been before, and I look at, even though we lost players, we kept hold of people like David Brooks, um, Jefferson Lerma, said Dom Solanke, Josh King still there at the moment. That should be a team that I think could could go for the top two. Um, it's it's really unknown for Bournemouth because when we got promoted to the Premier League, it was a shock. When none of us expected it, we had taken mid-table, being a Championship club forever. Then when we got to the Premier League, we were always the you know the underdogs. This is the first season in my lifetime that I'm having like interview interview podcasts, things like this, yeah. and we're talked about like the big boys. It's really bizarre. <laughs> so I'm getting used to it a little bit. Um, I spoke to a Birmingham fan after we. Um, beat them in the last game and they're very much like well you know it was kind of a free hit for us it's really strange um, so yeah I think we've got to get used to that a little bit kind of I think that's the only thing is I don't know certain games have suited us because teams have come at us so Birmingham are quite brave Coventry were another team who were quite brave the ones we've struggled against are your Middlesbrough's the teams that go come and break us down and kind of ask us to come and do it we, we prefer a team to have a go at us you know and and then we can kind of pick them off. So I think, for, from Reading's point of view, need to be a bit pragmatic and not too, not too gun ho and try and attack us because then well, I think we will pick you off. So it'd be interesting to see how you go. <laughs> I think it's very likely. One thing I will say is that I think we'll have a lot of our players back, hopefully, with Ajari and Mate, Liam Moore. These are players that in the last three games we've missed massively. And yeah, it's well, clear I us. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was just I, before the start of the season, I, I hadn't seen a lot of Reading, but I always little bits I saw last season in the Championship. And when I said to you about financial problems, I thought, oh, is there any Reading players I'd fancy? I always liked that Mate, but he hasn't seemed to have played that much. He missed the first three games because he had a ban. 
Ah, uh, okay. Season, so he hasn't played as many games, but he will score goals. He kind I always of, thought he was a handful, yeah. Yes, totally. Totally. We got 17 goals last season. So he kind of like showing that he's getting better and better as the seasons go on. And we really miss him when he's not there. So it's interesting because kind of Reading fans, we slightly underrate him as a yeah. whole, which is surprising for the amount of goals. But he's kind of one of those players that will miscontrol the ball, but then score an amazing goal against Rotherham. So you're never quite sure yeah. what's going to come next. So where would you say kind of like the major strengths of Bournemouth, the one player you'd pick out on, and the weaknesses that slightly concern you? Yeah, it's a difficult one because I think, especially from the last game, we looked like we got David Brooks back. Um, he's, he's, been, he's had injuries at the start of the season. He was one that we thought we struggled to keep hold of. A few clubs were sniffing around because he's still young and, and he, he is brilliant. He is different class. First game he's been fully fit. He scored two, um, ran the game against Birmingham. My only issue is they're playing tonight, Wales. Um, if he starts tonight, do you know what I mean? They've got a big game. So I'm thinking he would have played a couple of games. He's already had injury problems. It wouldn't surprise me if he was left out. I think that's the issue once you have an international break is sometimes players can be rotated. So I would like to say Brooks, but then equally it wouldn't surprise me if he was potentially on the bench because of the amount of games he's played and injury concerns. Um, I think Dan Juma is probably a bit more of an unknown quantity because we signed him for the Premier League and he, had, he was just injured. And then we've seen him this season and he's, I think he is our top goal scorer. Um, and he's just, he's one of them players that, he's a, he's a typical kind of winger that will run at players, a bit skillful. Sometimes you think overdo it, but out of nowhere, a bit of magic. We could be not having a great game and he'll beat your player and put it in the top corner. So he's someone that I think you need to be potentially aware of. Um, he'll probably play more off the left-hand side. So it'll probably be more that your right back would have to deal with. Um, in terms of In terms of weaknesses, I think... We play assist, whether we play a four or a three, our full-backs or wing-backs get forward. They're very attack-minded. So if you can have your, your wide men potentially staying up, they could get caught occasionally. I think that would probably be a way. Um, and high-pressing because we will, our goalkeeper will look to roll it out. We'll be playing, for, we will not be going long. So if you can get players pressing high up, you could potentially you know, catch an error out. It's kind of the modern way, isn't it? But... If you can catch us high up the pitch, then you never know. But we certainly won't be going long. So I don't know what kind of players you think, you know, could maybe test us in that way. But Yeah, no, definitely. We've got players there like Rina Mato and Laurel who will definitely press you. But in the kind of flip side of that is if you press us high, we're definitely mm. making mistakes as well. And Raphael's kicking is not great. Um, right. In the last match, he kind of gives away a goal, but he will do something that's good. So, Redden fans saying, Oh, he doesn't rate Raphael. No, it's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that these sometimes have to point out that they do have weaknesses, and that's not why, that's why they're not in the Premier League. It's a kind of like that little thing. But I kind of like can't do a podcast without mentioning Jan Kermigan. Now, he is a man, he is so popular at Bournemouth and at Reading. What are your thoughts on Jan? Because he was a massive part of you getting promoted as well. Yeah, I mean, he's. I've never seen someone get like legendary status for really only one full season, um, which is mad, but that's how good he was. Um, Cause he come in the January before the season we went up and you thought, Oh, he looks, you know, he kind of was just coming into the team. Um, we didn't have Callum Wilson then though. We had uh, Lewis Graben. And then we started that promotion season as him and Callum Wilson as the partnership. And he was just sensational. I mean, for a big guy as well, he, but he's, he's so, he was so clever. And he, did, he had no pace whatsoever, but he didn't need it. His first touch, he was, he was so nice to watch. Um, then it was a real shame because we went up to the Premier League and fitness-wise, and I don't know how much you know, but he, 
we had him on our podcast actually, which was amazing in the uh, kind of when we were COVID lockdown first time. And he had leukemia when he was when he was young, and he didn't really make it as a professional footballer until he was like in his twenties, which you know you normally picked up as a teenager at minimum. And and I think that affected him as when we went to the Premier League, there was talk that he had to kind of train separately because he couldn't quite keep up and his fatigue because of his illness as a kid. And that was really difficult. And I always remember the, the final game, we knew he was going to leave and go to, go to you guys. And we just brought him on in the last minute just so we could give him a standing ovation. And we were, when, we, when we won the league to get promoted, it was against Charlton and they loved him. And you had all these Charlton fans stay at the end just to see Jan Kermigan lift the trophy. He's one of them that's just loved everywhere and you can see why. And I'm sure you guys took to him as well because Reading were like our, it's mad, but Reading were like our second team when he went there because I was like, I want to see how Jan does. And was he, was he the same with you guys? I oh, totally. In the playoff season when we got to the final, he, he's got legendary status yet again for that one season. It's quite amazing how he comes yeah. in and has that impact for all the things. He always reminded me a little bit of a kind of Teddy Sheridan yeah. kind of player. Just didn't need that pace, but he had that yeah. cleverness, like you said. He could score some goals as well and kind of always played better when he wasn't up front as the person in that. He needed to be just off, didn't he? Yeah. yeah I, I said, uh, kind of for more recent times, a bit like Teddy Sheridan, like a Berbatov, with yes. like no pace, but just he could just fit in that. He was a natural kind of just behind the front man. And obviously when we had Callum Wilson, I mean, that was just so perfect. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love the man. We all do. <laughs> yeah, no, he totally is. So, coming to the match on uh, Saturday, half 12 kickoff, uh, just to remind mm -hmm. people, uh, I want to be positive about it. <laughs> I really do. But I'm going to let you go first. And someone else, I think, who will score is Jack Stacey. I think it's going to be one of those games. Oh, yeah, forget about Jack Stacey. Yeah, how's Jack doing down there? We would probably describe him as Mr. Consistent. So, he was a bit part in the uh, Premier League, obviously, he'd just come in. Um, but this season, he's just played week in, week out. And you just know you're never going to have a bad game from him. He's Because of his position, he's not going to set the world alight all the time. Yeah. But I've never seen someone with so much energy. He's just up and back all game. And you just know what you're going to get. He'll put in a good shift from you. He won't let you down. So we're happy with Jack. And he is still young. Um, and he got, got a goal for us as well on the first day. But um, in terms of a prediction, it's a really difficult one. Because you seem to... I mean, the way you start the season caught everyone by surprise. And then you've just, and then suddenly you've fallen off a cliff. Um, and I think, interestingly, when I said earlier, I managed to speak to, we were saying off air, I managed to speak to our manager, Jason Tyndall, um, in a sort of podcast thing that's coming out on Sunday. And when we asked him about potential rivals, Reading weren't mentioned. And I, but I think that will suit you guys in the sense oh, Jason, that. Jason, disrespect us. <laughs> but everyone's kind of thinking, you know, ourselves, Norwich, Watford, Swansea, and no one's mentioned in Reading. But that's, that's not a bad thing because when we went up, no one, everyone thought we were going to fall and we had little dips, but we come back. So um, we certainly won't be taking Reading lightly, you know, but maybe it's a good time to play us, to play you, sorry, because of that. But equally, I would say, like I mentioned briefly, because of some of our key players being away on international duty, it may be a good time to play us because, look, put it this way, Jefferson Lerma is one of our key players. He was in Ecuador last night. You know, I mean, coming back from Ecuador to play on Saturday morning, I'm not sure. So it's going to be interesting to see what our team will be because of that. Having said that, we did get a good win going into the break. I, I certainly wouldn't be taking a draw. I'd be expecting us to win this game. 
And I think both are, like we mentioned there, I think both our weaknesses are similar and it will be who turns up on the day. I think you'll get a goal, but I think we'll get to, I'm going to go for another 3-1 for us. That would be my prediction. But I'm certainly not taking you guys lightly because, you know, teams have done that at the start of the season and look where you are. And I still would expect, because of the start you made, you'll be top half. Yeah, I take that straight away. Um, I kind of like, I think if we get the first goal, the game completely changes for us. Yeah. Every game that we've got points from this season is always when we've scored the first goal. So there's I think we've that. only conceded the goal, the first goal once, and that's the only time we lost. Okay, so there's pretty yeah. sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, same here. Kind of, I think that we're gonna get. I'm gonna go for a draw. I'm gonna sit on that fence. I don't like going up, but it's a really tough one. The Bournemouth Our record there is. Nasty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, we've had, I know recently, like when we got promoted, we had a great night at um, Reading that was near the end of the season, which we always remember was one of our performances where we were poor and we dug out a win. But I remember back in, in the noughties when you were kind of a lot, you know, a much bigger side than Bournemouth, you were already promoted and I went there as a kid and all we, if we had won, we'd have got playoffs. And I think it was Darren Kasky. <laughs> Scored for you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, scored for you, and I was crying. And I remember Reading fans consoling me. It was when we had Defoe actually on loan. So I've got some bad memories of going to the Medeski and and you breaking my heart. So, um, but yeah, it'll be. I think it'll be a good footballing match. I think it's a good one to pick for Telly because I don't think either club are gonna be a defensive unit. Do you know what I mean? I think it will be quite a an interesting game from that perspective. So I'm look. I'm looking forward to that. And saying about ex-players, you also, I think I remember rightly, you had Nathan Ake. Yes, yeah, right near the beginning of his kind of like loan you, periods. And was, yeah, yeah, I'm just interested to know because to us, we just always, uh, he is the best player I've ever seen in the Bournemouth shirt. So did you yeah, ever see me, the heights that he's hit? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I would have always have Gilfie Sigerson. That would be uh, my yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Said, but Nathan Ake, for a lot of Reading fans, is also be that choice as well for the best player because he just stood out like an absolute beast. He stood out for you he as well. Yeah, I was interested to know, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a quality player. So I want to go for a two-all just yeah. on hope there. I mean, it's so hard to tell with Reading. <laughs> it's so hard yeah. to tell. Well, it like I don't think it'll be dull, like you say, Tom. I think it'll be entertaining. And both teams will both try to pass the ball around and press. It's not going to be long ball. It's not going to be Neil yeah. Warlock style at all. So... <laughs> Thanks a lot for joining us and uh, we'll be back with a podcast after the match on Saturday. Cheers.